Yes, your mind acts like a GPS. What you think about is typically where you end up going. But I would argue it doesn't have to be. It's Evie here. Welcome to EML Radio, where we are always talking truth. All of those things you need to hear that nobody else is willing to say. Hello, my friends. Welcome back. Talking a little more truth today. The truth about the difference between who you are and the thoughts you have. So, You are not your thoughts. Your thoughts are just just one component of your actual self, who you are. Your thoughts are not your body. So you are actually not your thoughts. And what gets most of us in trouble is that We do everything that we think. We're kind of walking around like puppets to our own thoughts. Like our thoughts are sitting here pulling the strings and we're just doing everything because we think it. (laughs) And I got to tell you, that's a recipe for disaster. So I don't know if any of you have ever tried to meditate. Um... But it's hard. Using meditation as an example of how your thoughts control you is absolutely perfect. Because for those of you that have ever attempted to meditate, you know that you most of the time can't even get like a full minute into meditation without thoughts charging in the door and disrupting everything, right? Or even if you do yoga, right? You do yoga and you try to do Shavasana at the end and you get there, if you're like me, you get like about, I don't know, 45 seconds into the three minute total quiet, peaceful time. And I all of a sudden start thinking about like an email I got to return. I got to think about dinner. Like I'm thinking about some cute new yoga pants I'm going to buy, right? Is like thoughts are just incessant. They're constant. And we, if we want to have any kind of success, and if we want to break habits, behaviors that we know are bad for us, behaviors that we know are just detrimental and they're holding us back from being all we can be. If we want to be able to change those behaviors, we have to start recognizing that we are not merely our thoughts. We get ourselves into trouble when we are acting as if we're a puppet to our thoughts. Right, Everything that pops into our mind, we somehow have to act on it. And I, I could say that I think I, I think I see more and more of that in the world today. 
Like, just because you think something doesn't mean it's right. It doesn't mean that you should act on it. And by all means, it doesn't mean that other people should have to act on it. <laughs> so, um, this has been this has been kind of a f- in the forefront of my mind um, in dealing with my kind of recovery from alcohol. Um, I'm you know this is kind of a cool thing. Like I am discovering so many new powerful tools in. truly breaking free from the struggle that I had with alcohol. It's just so fucking cool, you guys, because there's so many of the things that I'm learning that aren't specific just to alcohol. They really, they're powerful lessons and learning in in absolutely every area of life. And it's just, it's been powerful and and. And really just kind of super cool for me because as I learn these things and as I discover these things for myself, I'm able to then turn on a microphone and share them with everybody else out there and go like, you know what, maybe your deal isn't alcohol. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But even if it isn't, here are things that I am doing that are truly changing my life. And a big part of that is separating myself from my thoughts. And I can't fully explain why I have not really struggled since I went away to treatment. I can't. And a lot of people that have been through recovery are like, oh, it's just because you're in the honeymoon phase. Like that's going to wear off. And then pretty soon you're just going to want to drink all the time. And I, it's wrong. I'm not in a honeymoon phase. There's a couple of a couple of reasons that I can point to when I try to figure that out. And you know, part of me is not really trying to figure it out. I'm just kind of accepting it for what it is. And thank God, right? Um a big part of it is that I really did have like a completely spiritual transformation. Um but another part of it that I attribute my success to and kind of my freedom from even really overwhelming thoughts of alcohol is my past discipline. So discipline, I've told you, I've talked about this plenty of times. It's like, I was not always disciplined, not at all. Like I was the fifth kid in my family. I pretty much was raising myself. I was on my own. I did whatever I wanted and I had absolutely like zero self-discipline. If I wanted it, I did it. If I thought about it, I acted upon it. So now, fast forward, I'm 49. Thank God, I have actually developed a lot of self-discipline over the years. Um, but I had never really realized that that's what I was referring to as self-discipline was more specifically my ability to, to remove myself from what I'm thinking. So let me give you a for instance, like when I was training hard in CrossFit, okay, because of my goals, physical goals, if I thought about something, I learned very quickly. If I thought about eating something that wasn't good for me, or if I thought about eating cupcakes, that was always kind of one of my things I always thought about. Like, I don't even like cupcakes, that and donuts, and I don't even like sweets. Um, But back then... I would, you know, I have this thought like, oh my God, how great would it be to have a donut? It was a very fleeting thought, but it would pop in my head. And because of my goal, 
right? I just, I learned to separate that thought from my actions because just because I thought about something didn't mean I had to act on it. And there's a big sense of maturity in that. I can, I, a funny story to share with you. So when I owned my gym, I would hold these nutrition talks like about once every quarter. So you know, we'd get together and it'd be kind of like an open format. I'd have a topic and then people would ask questions. And, you know, I, I think everybody needs to take processed food out of their diet pretty much entirely, right? Um, it's not really food anyway. And so when I would be talking about, I, it, was a, it was a time I was talking about like, no, I, I don't eat spaghetti. Like our family doesn't eat spaghetti. Um, and I can, I'll never forget it. This gal in the back, like raise your hand. was just like, like never. I'm like, no, never. Because it doesn't actually fit into what we want with our life. Right. It's not healthy. I feel like shit after I eat it. No, we don't eat pasta. And she's like, but I really like pasta. <laughs> and at risk of sounding just like a total bitch or condescending, I was like, well, yeah, but are you 12? Because that's like a 12-year-old statement. Think about that. Well, I really like pasta. Well, eat it then. I don't care. But it is a very immature way to act upon your thoughts and your impulses, right? It's very juvenile. That's what we teach our kids, right? Just because they want something right then or just because they think about something at the moment doesn't mean that they have to act on it and it doesn't mean that they get it. But it seems almost like as adults, we forget. We forget that. But if we want to have any level of success and then ultimately, you know, freedom from constantly being this puppet drug around and acting upon everything that pops into our mind, if we want to be able to get to that level, then it requires us removing who we are from our thoughts themselves. Um, And that is, that's a big practice in, it would be a huge practice in weight loss. It is a huge advantage for me in overcoming any issue with alcohol. Because for years of my life, years of my adult life, I had developed a high level of self-discipline through removing myself and my actions from every thought that popped into my mind. Um, and that takes some work to get there, right? It takes, it takes some work to even first just be aware, like, what am I thinking? But I want to give you some tips because I thought about like, okay, well, this is all sounds great, but then I always want you to leave this show with actually takeaways where these are things that you can actually do to implement, to help remove yourself from acting upon every thought that comes into your head. So there's kind of two parts to this. One, you can try to, and this is what most people get stuck doing, I think. Um, They try to change their thoughts. But man, that's hard work, right? And I got to tell you, there's so many times that you try to, that I have tried to change the way I think about things or try to change my internal dialogue or that self voice, however you want to refer to that. Like you try to change it, 
But it's almost like beating your head against the wall. It's like, man, like the more I try to change those thoughts, I just can't change them. Now we can probably upgrade them slightly. But the reality is all of us have thoughts that pop into our head for no apparent reason whatsoever. So while kind of step one would be, well, let's try to upgrade some of those thoughts, right? Upgrade those thoughts by improving your level of knowledge, right? That's a, that's a great way to upgrade what your thoughts are in the first place. Um, practicing self-care, right? Like truly caring for yourself. That's going to kind of improve that self-dialogue and thoughts that pop into your head. Being quiet, right? If you're quiet long enough and remove yourself from all of the noise out there in the world, right? Turn off your electronics from time to time. Go for a nice quiet walk, completely disconnected. If you practice those things, that's definitely going to have an effect on the thoughts that you have. But that'll only go so far because you ultimately cannot control your thoughts. You just can't, right? Try meditating and tell me how that works for you. It's hard shit. So what else can we do then? What we can do is recognize our thoughts. Really, to be set free and not constantly the puppet, for I've said it a million times, but the puppet to our thoughts. Without being strung around, that's what we have to do. We have to actually recognize our thoughts and accept that they are not us. So here are the takeaways I'm going to give you today. Okay. One, recognize that your thought is not you. Think about this. This is funny because you talk to yourself in the third person. Right? This is going to make me sound crazy, but just hear me out. You do talk to yourself in the third person. If you need something, you'll say, oh, yeah, I need to go get my pencil. Like, have you ever thought to yourself, who are you talking to? That was your thought. If it was your thought and you are your thoughts, then why would you be saying it to yourself? That's a perfect, just simpleton representation of you are not your thoughts, right? So number one, you are not your thoughts. They're only one piece of you. Number two, recognize that because you think something does not mean that it is true. So if you have a lot of negative self-talk, if you have negative things you're saying to yourself, a lot of negative thoughts or opinions about yourself, I hear those all the time from people. I've thought of myself a million times over. I'll always be overweight. I've always been overweight. Chances are that's not true, right? People tell themselves that kind of stuff all the time. I'm always going to struggle with anxiety. I'm just an anxious person. Is that actually true? Probably not. For me, it was, man, I am never going to give up alcohol because I absolutely love alcohol and I have too much fun when I'm drinking. Eh, has proven itself not to be true. There's so many things that pop into our head and they're not true, guys. They're just not true. So number two. Remember, just because you have a thought does not mean that it is true. And then number three, and this one is, this one's everything. 
Because you have a thought does not mean that you need to act upon it. Think about it. You already do that. Because how many things, ask yourself this, how many things have, do you think throughout the course of a week, let's say, that you don't act on, right? <laughs> like, uh, uh, I have about a million thoughts every single day that I don't act on. Like, I want to kill half the people I see on the internet. I don't go to their house and kill them. Thank goodness, right? We have thoughts all the time. If you're married, how often have you had a thought that enters your head that you're like, man, I would love to be with that other person. Oh my God, you don't act on it, right? You don't act on it unless you're, you know, selfish and don't give a shit about your marriage, right? Or want to unleash a whole lot of suffering and pain in your life and others around you. Like we have thoughts that we don't act upon every single day. And those are big kind of extreme examples. But it's important to remember because you're capable of it. You have all the power you need within you to have a thought and then not act on it. We do it every day. So you need to be asking yourself, what things that you act out are holding you back? What's keeping you from losing that weight? What's keeping you from finding a new job? What's keeping you, if you're in strong start, what's keeping you from finishing those 90 days? 90 days isn't long. What's keeping you from it? The answer is going to lie in that your thoughts are controlling your actions. So here's the deal. Well, this is the truth that I'm going to leave you with today. Yes, your mind acts like a GPS. What you think about is typically where you end up going. But I would argue it doesn't have to be. Your mind does not have to be controlling you. You can choose to separate your actions, your physical being. You can change the connection you have with your thoughts. You do not need to be a puppet to them. You are so much more than what you think about. And learning that key skill, guys, that is, that is like the key to life. That is the key to self-discipline and having a mature approach to life. You don't have to give in to every thought you have. And as soon as you recognize that, you are going to feel a new sense of freedom that you are fully in control of the way you behave and the way you carry yourself and the way you actually accomplish all of the things that you're trying to accomplish in your life. For those people that like I was in recovery with, um, I could like I wish I could go back now and go, man, this is what I can see. Because a lot of people who go through recovery, I think, man, it's like what the average person has to go through like seven times or something like that, which is just so heartbreaking if you think about it. But no different than like people that diet their whole entire life, right? Like that's sad to me too. It's like you spend fucking 30 years of your life dieting. That sucks. So think about that. Whatever your struggle is, like the people in in rehab with me, it was like, 
if all you're trying to do by staying sober or staying away from foods that you shouldn't eat or staying away from other destructive behaviors that you do, if if your only approach is to try to control those thoughts for the rest of your life, that's fucking exhausting. And it's probably not going to work. Instead, being able to separate yourself from those thoughts and go, yeah, I may be thinking that, but let me stop for a second here. And let me ask myself, is that even me? Does that thought represent me, who I am? Probably not. Is that thought even true? Probably not. And then third, like, I don't need to act on that. I am a grown-ass adult who doesn't need to act on every single thought that comes into my mind. Hopefully that helps you out today. This has been hugely powerful for me, not just in recent months with me overcoming my struggle with alcohol, but really throughout my whole entire life. My self-discipline, which is pretty strong, it stems from my ability to separate my physical being and my actions from all the thoughts that pop into my head. Have a good one. We'll see you next time.